Hello, and welcome to the AMA Steps Forward podcast series. We'll hear from healthcare leaders nationwide about real-world solutions to the challenges that practices are confronting today. Solutions that help put the joy back into medicine. AMA's Steps Forward program is open access and free to all at StepsForward.org. Hello, my name is Michael Tuddy, Group Vice President of Professional Satisfaction and Practice Sustainability at the American Medical Association. Today, we are talking to Dr. Rishi Manchanda, President and CEO of Health Begins, about how to translate your commitment to health equity into action within your health system. Dr. Manchanda, hello, and thanks for being here. Hello, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't we get started if you could tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the health equity space? So, Michael, thanks for that question. I, I am a, um, an internist and a pediatrician by training. I went into medicine, actually, though, in, into med school with a very specific um, exposure and, and kind of passion for social medicine. Uh, mentors like Paul Farmer and others uh, that I was exposed to early in my uh, training and work I did abroad uh, in places uh, in within India and um, Botswana, Mozambique, um, South Africa. I had a lot of opportunities to work abroad. And uh, what that oriented me to was an understanding of this really old tradition of social medicine, which we don't really talk too much about in modern medicine, at least in the U.S., but it's always been there. It's been around for almost 200 years, in fact. Uh, when I learned about that, I thought that's exactly what I want to do. I want to be a doctor who's as skilled and proficient and rigorous um, when it comes to learning how to take care of individual patients as I am about how to help um, a whole population of patients, people in the community um, and partners to be able to address health uh, where it begins. So I, um, I, that's my medical kind of background, internist, pediatrician, and public health trained. I'm CEO at Health Begins now, uh, where I lead a team that has the privilege of supporting clients and partners across the country to drive radical transformation in health equity. That's our mission. And the way we advance that mission is by helping our clients and our partners across the country to address the social and the structural drivers of health equity. And I'm happy to kind of talk a bit more about that. But in a nutshell, I'm a physician, public health trained, with a deep, deep um, passion for improving health where it begins and addressing the root causes of health equity. Excellent. Dr. Manchanda, you've been doing a lot of work with the AMA. Recently, you co-authored an AMA Steps Forward toolkit entitled Racial and Health Equity, Concrete Steps for Health Systems, which is available now on stepsforward.org. Can you tell us a little bit more about this toolkit? Yeah, happy to. And I'm happy to describe it if it's helpful, a little bit more context about how it came to be, because I'm, I'm excited about the toolkit, but like most um, good pieces of work, collaborative pieces of work, uh, there are a lot of people behind it and there are a lot of relationships and there's a lot of story, right, about what led to that moment. So this toolkit, which we're really excited about, uh, Health Begins, and very honored to have produced this in, in partnership with uh, the AMA, including uh, Marie Brown and Denard Cummings at the Center for Health Equity. What led to this toolkit, uh, before we describe a little bit about what's in it, uh, was a series of conversations and opportunities to partner with the AMA, as you said, uh, specifically with the, the the new Center for Health Equity, what at least was new a couple of years ago. What was inspiring to learn about as a um, member of the AMA myself was the work uh, that many of you know, the listeners for this podcast will, will remember, perhaps, uh, that that many of the uh, House of Delegates of the AMA, many medical students, uh, members of the AMA, pushed for for many years, which is to focus on health equity, including racial equity, 
um, and to memorialize that in part uh, and to help advance that in part by the creation of a center of health equity. So when I saw that news, I was excited about that. And when we learned then that Dr. Aletha Maybank was going to come on board to help spearhead that new center and create that new center, even more excited. Uh, Aletha and I had a chance to meet, Dr. Maybank and I had a chance to meet uh, a couple of years ago, um, along with some of the early um, kind of colleagues within the center. And I think saw a clear opportunity to align, especially to help support the development of the Center for Health Equity and support AMA leaders and understanding what it means to move upstream, in other words, to address the social and structural drivers of health equity. As part of that uh, conversation and uh, the work we were doing to help support a lot of the incredible leaders within the AMA who were kind of taking this charge to advance racial justice and health equity, we were asked by the team at Steps Forward if we could help do a review of the literature and try to, in the way that Steps Forward modules tend to do, really uh, focus in on some of the key takeaways, the key kind of steps that um, physicians in different types of health systems could address, could take, excuse me, to to catalyze internal transformation in their health systems. There were two particular modules that we were asked to produce. The first was concrete steps for physicians and clinicians working in smaller practices, uh, smaller independent practices, for example, primary care or outpatient settings. And then the second module, which is the one that uh, we're talking about today, was developed for physicians and clinicians and others who work in larger, medium or larger kind of size health systems. So that's the context for it. Uh, And and as you kind of pointed out, this module, as with the other one, uh, really has five takeaways, five steps that are really meant to help physicians, not within one module, understand everything they need to and know everything they need to do to be able to transform an institution to become an anti-racist organization or to uh, solve for health equity within one module. That's far beyond the scope or the uh, the ambition of this module. What this module does uh, and what we designed it to do was to help physicians and clinicians and other healthcare leaders within health systems who are motivated, who have uh, already a, a strong commitment to advance racial equity, to center equity within their healthcare delivery operations. Think about ways to help those motivated, committed champions within health systems take the initial steps, the five major steps that can be really helpful to help accelerate their progress as internal change makers, as champions of health equity and work with, identify and work with colleagues uh, who share that passion and learn how about translating that passion into concrete strategy and action. Uh, again, this is meant to be part of a broader, this module assumes that physicians and clinicians out there uh, and healthy professionals, you know, administrators in different settings, uh, understand that equity as a process and not just as an outcome requires us to view this approach, this, this work as a part of a continuous cycle of improvement, yes. a continuous cycle of, of learning. And these five steps are meant to at least be part of that broader kind of transformational process, not be not be the end all of everything needs to be done, but to be an initial catalytic part of uh, how to start in this process. Could you highlight what those five steps are for our audience? Absolutely. So the first, uh, the first step uh, that we really focus in on, and I think it's more important these days than ever, we started writing this last year, and uh, I think it remains relevant. Step one is really to commit as a health system to do the work. Easier said than done. And I think many people might say, well, you know, my health system has made a public commitment and our website um, or has communicated documents that say we commit to advancing racial justice and to uh, express solidarity. We think that's good, but it's not uh, sufficient. 
for step one, community as a health system means being able to create uh, the space and the resources for champions and leaders for health justice, for health equity and research justice to be able to do the work. So translating the commitments on in paper to actually doing the, the process that takes commitments of resources and time and, and true kind of commitments to understanding uh, and creating a shared understanding of what racial justice means, of what racism is, what anti-racism means, et cetera. So commit to do the work is step one. Step two is start shifting organizational norms and practices by learning about what you don't know. And that's quite, that's verbatim step two. <laughs> so again, start shifting organizational norms and practices by learning about what you don't know. What we mean here is to, to, to name it, frame it, explain it. What are we talking about here? What we're talking about is racism. How do we, what is racism? What are the different forms of racism? And as the AMA itself in its organizational plan uh, to embed racial justice and health equity, advanced health equity has outlined, there are four types of racism, structural, institutional, interpersonal, internalized. And so step two really uh, in this module gives some very um, quick orientation to the the really deep body of knowledge that's out there uh, that more and more of us in healthcare need to understand to start to shift our organizational norms and our practices by, again, learning about what we don't know. Many of us in healthcare, many physicians included, um, haven't gone through an educational process, whether in training or in continuing education, to really understand these forms of racism and understand yes. how it's affected healthcare and healthcare delivery. Step three, really briefly, is uh, to then, based on that foundational understanding and that commitment, to get a handle on your data. This means improving data collection for race, ethnicity, language. It means understanding how to interpret the data. What is the story that the data is telling us when it comes to um, the, as we stratify our performance measures, our clinical measures, our patient satisfaction measures, as we stratify those by race, ethnicity, and language, what's the data telling us about these patterns of inequity? What are additional things we can do to refine understanding about those inequities using the data. So again, getting a handle on, on the data. Step four is develop a compelling vision uh, and goals for the entire system. This is performance improvement. This is change management uh, 101, but applied here to racial justice. So there are very specific resources and steps um, that outline how to translate the vision and the goals that emerge from that data uh, into a strategy, um, especially to make sure that as that strategy strategies being developed that people with lived experience, people who belong to historically marginalized communities are part of the process of goal setting um, that we're truly centering in the margins, uh, as many talk about these days. And then finally, step five is based on the goals and the vision, based on the earlier kind of foundational understanding that you start developing, how do you launch targeted improvement efforts across the system? That's step five, targeted improvement efforts. And there is very specific examples and highlights of health systems across the country that have started to launch very targeted equity focused improvement efforts uh, across the system and what's really remarkable about those examples which i'm happy to talk about in a minute is uh, many of these vanguard health systems are demonstrating that the highest quality care is by definition equitable care yes and and that's a i think a really key takeaway that's a great framework you've laid out with the five steps uh, in the module. You mentioned that you're aware of some health systems who have engaged in this process. Can you highlight some examples, some best practices that you have seen? Yeah, you know, in the in the module, we, we highlight a couple of examples and I'll bring in a couple of others that we've learned about and, and actually worked with. In the module, we highlight, for example, 
the work of UW Medicine, University of Washington Medicine. In 2016, six years ago, they formed a multidisciplinary committee to advance health equity in the healthcare system. After the work of that committee then led to the release of a the following year of what they call the healthcare equity blueprint. That was a strategic plan with equity as its focus, very much based on a review of their internal data, patient data, as well as uh, utilization data that they were able to access. By 2019, uh, the committee expanded the use of healthcare equity dashboard system-wide, and healthcare system leaders then merged that work, uh, the, the healthcare equity blueprint, the dashboards, the improvement efforts that they had created, and they merged that work with other efforts that were addressing diversity, equity, inclusion, um, to create a whole new office of healthcare equity to advance that work. They uh, created the resources to be able to make sure that their operations reflected the strategic commitment to advance equity by creation of this, by the creation of this office. So that's just one example. Another example uh, that I think is important, especially to uh, underscore what it means to create targeted quality improvement efforts where equity is a focus is um, an example that involves five different cancer centers across the country, um, different health systems across the country, including Cone Health System, for example, in North Carolina, and four others. Uh, in a trial that, that was called the ACURE trial, those five cancer centers across the U.S. focused specifically on how to improve and advance racial equity within uh, care for uh, patients with early stage lung and breast cancer. And what they looked at as they as they saw the data, they realized that there were perhaps not surprisingly, but still very tragically uh, and unnecessarily inequities between black patients who had early stage lung cancer and the treatment outcomes they were receiving compared to white patients as the comparator. The ACURE trial demonstrated through a quality improvement focused effort, uh, looking at equity as the central goal, that they were not able, not only able to reduce or enclose the gaps in treatments and outcomes between black patients and white patients with early stage lung and breast cancer, but they actually increased outcomes across the board for black and white patients. In other words, an equity improvement strategy not only closed inequities, it also improved overall outcomes. Those are tremendous examples of important work going on in those health systems. This journey to improve racial health equity, um, we're on this journey. How far have we come? What are the challenges ahead? You know, I think uh, that... We have a long way to go, um, and it doesn't mean that the progress that's being made doesn't give me hope. Yes. Let me explain what I mean here by making sure that that I share my kind of diagnosis, uh, if you will, of the system. And it's not um, something that I, I developed. It's something that I've come to recognize and learn about from many others, including scholars like David Williams, uh, Dr. Lita Maybeck herself, and, and many others who have Dr. Kamara Jones, for example. There are many scholars, including, of course, scholars of color, who for decades, frankly, have and going back, you know, even a century or more, have been to W.B. Du Bois, for example, have been very, very astutely and uh, objectively described describe the fact that there have been deep rooted inequities. Yes. What we should learn from that, the fact that these inequities have been so persistent for so long isn't an assessment that says, well, okay, well, the system we have is broken. We need to fix it because that framing assumes that the system that's designed is, is just broken on the edges, has a couple of cracks, just needs some basic kind of modifications, and then we'll be right again. Yes. It's not that. The, 
what we have to recognize is that the outcomes that we receive, just as quality improvement kind of teaches us, we get the outcomes that are perfectly designed to be achieved, right, by a system. If we have inequities in our healthcare system, if we have inequities in our society, it is because the systems and the structures that we have are designed for exactly that. And that means a little bit of, you know, a, a gulp in the throat for some people to say, what we're saying is, wait a second, like the systems I'm currently in, including the healthcare system, is, is, is designed to create inequities? And the answer is objectively, clinically, it's hard to come to a different conclusion. That's right. And so based on that, the question isn't so much about whether we kind of find some some cracks in the wall and, and think about how to spackle those or some some things that are broken in a in a complex clock and tinker with some of the broken pieces within it and fix it. What authors like Isabel Wilkerson and others have written about so eloquently is that this requires us to understand that in the foundation itself, there is a rot, right? Yes. And that if we need to um, really kind of address inequities, we have to give ourselves the, the courage to hold ourselves to the highest standards of professional rigor and, and also give ourselves the kind of compassion to recognize that while we live in these systems, we don't have to accept them. In fact, what we need to do is to understand how to understand that, that the roots and the foundation would set these systems in place to be able to create these inequitable outcomes, uh, outcomes driven by structural racism, for example, and, and then pause and say, well, how do we now transform the foundation while we're also working within and outside the systems to be able to uh, achieve important incremental improvements? Incrementalism plus foundational transformation are both required here. If we can approach it that way, then I, it, in, which is what I'm seeing more and more people talking about, that gives me hope. So I, I think that uh, this is not a bleak picture um, in terms of what the future can be, but it is bleak now in terms of what, in, in terms of the level of inequity that's just entirely preventable. We have created and allowed ourselves to operate in systems where inequity is a, a core part of the business, and that is unacceptable. The question now is, what are we going to do about it? And the good news is, with these five steps in the module and many other efforts that the AMA at the Center for Health Equity, uh, that many other healthcare leaders across the country, and as importantly, many other upstream partners in policy, um, in social movements, uh, and in other sectors. All these folks now, uh, more and more people are, are joining kind of the, the, this movement to be able to truly transform the foundations while also driving demonstrable concrete improvements uh, in the lives of people that we serve. Excellent. Dr. Manchanda, this has been a great conversation. Any last thoughts or insights you'd like to share with our listeners who are looking to provide more equitable health care to patients within their health system? Yeah, Michael, you know, I think what is probably the, one of the most exciting parts of this specific module, the Steps Forward module, is the, are, are the resources and the, the, the citations that we attempted to include um, in, this, in this piece. The, the examples, uh, the specific um, links to the, the work of, of authors like Dr. Kamara Jones, like Isabel Wilkerson, uh, like the work that, that's happening across the country, for example, with Vanguard organizations like the Southern Jamaica Plain Health Center in Boston that has transformed itself from a healthcare uh, clinic that advances racial equity to a racial justice organization that provides healthcare over the last 10 years. There are so many examples that are out there in, this, in the module. There are a few links, just initial ones, just to point people towards the, the authors, the, the scholars, and the practitioners, really, who have been at the vanguard of this for a number of years. My suggestion for those who are looking to progress 
in thinking about how to translate their commitment to racial justice and health equity, think about how to incorporate that, particularly within their healthcare settings. If you're a clinician, if you're a physician, if you're a healthcare administrator, if you're a frontline staff um, member on a care team, if you're a registration clerk, if you're a community health worker, if you're someone who, uh, regardless of the role you play within the healthcare system, knows that there are deep inequities and has decided not to be resigned to those inequities as something that should just be accepted, but instead is saying, we need to do something. My recommendation is to look at those resources, look to those people who have been at the vanguard for a long time, those scholars, those practitioners, particularly those of color, and reach out to them, ask questions, read more, listen to this podcast, and then click on one of those links and spend time with one of those links and the resources to really just understand it. What's so powerful about the journey for us at Health Begins, and I think of a lot of our partners, is that what we're doing is uh, truly um, exemplifying what it's like to be part of a continuous learning uh, team system. This is a critical gap in the learning of all of us in the country. This is a critical gap in, the, in learning for those of us in healthcare. And I think the next step really is to foundationally develop deeper learning, deeper understanding. And the best way to do that is to go to those who have been working and advancing this work for a long time. Agreed. Dr. Manchanda, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you listeners for joining our podcast. If you're interested in learning more about the AMA Steps Forward Toolkit entitled Racial and Health Equity, Concrete Steps for Health Systems, please go to stepsforward.org. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode from the AMA Steps Forward podcast series. AMA Steps Forward program is open access and free to all at stepsforward.org. Steps Forward can help put the joy back into medicine by offering real-world solutions to the challenges that your practice is confronting today. We look forward to you joining us next time on the AMA Steps Forward podcast series, stepsforward.org.